The global supply chain is strained. One essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is freight rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity, all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because freight rail works. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our friends Manscaped, the leaders in men's grooming. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from manscaped.com to receive 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. Join the over 2 million men trusting Manscaped with their grooming needs today, like their body wash, 2-in-1 shampoo conditioner, their lawnmower 4.0 groomer, and so much more. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. And James here, and we just got a brand new MCU Marvel movie, and it was awesome. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It has been a huge hit so far. It's well over $400 million global box office in just a handful of days. We just saw it Thursday night at IMAX, obviously. Had a great time checking out the screening. The only downside is we didn't get to see the Avatar trailer before because it was at the headquarters. Well, it just came out today. But we just saw it on the internet, yeah. and that was really cool But because that paired with it. But this movie was super fun, and it was a great way, to, it seems like, setting up the groundworks for what's to come in the MCU, which we'll talk about. But there's so much to discuss, so many great cameos. Obviously, if you have not seen this movie spoiler warnings ahead because we're going to talk about everything this movie it's not going to be a spoiler free review we're going to go over everything i'm sure you've all seen it but if you don't want to find out what happens in the movie all these crazy secret cameos definitely see the movie first before tuning into this whole episode yeah it was a lot of fun and it was gigantic in scope and the visuals were pretty outstanding for the most part and sam raimi uh, i think that marvel was really smart to give him a lot of creative control visually there's a lot of stuff that uh, I'm talking visuals, uh, filmmaking techniques that you never see in Marvel movies up until this point that he threw in. And I thought that was really great to see a new refreshing feel and vibe and tone for the MCU. It was also much more mature in terms of the violence that we saw on screen. I thought that it's it was about time Marvel really pushes the envelope with showing violence, showing death on screen. I think they really needed this as a breath of fresh air. And so I think Sam Raimi brought a lot to the film and to the MCU that fans have been craving. Yeah, hopefully this is like a precursor to maybe Blade and other movies like that we want to be hard PG-13s and like obviously they won't ever make a rated R movie probably besides like Deadpool franchise, which is 20th Century Fox anyways in combination. But like 
I want a hard PG-13 Blade movie, which I hope we'll get because, like at least said, there's pretty decent amount of deaths shown in this movie. Even Doctor Strange, a version of him, gets killed by the the fence outside of the, the, the <laughs> impaled, the, the, like impaled, and yeah. like you see the whole thing. It's like wow, you don't usually see stuff like that in a Marvel Disney movie. Yeah, and the Illuminati scene was really graphic. I was like, wow, they're showing a lot. Like it's not you're not showing. You're not seeing it on screen, but it's just enough where you know what's happening. Like the shield, like um, Captain Carter getting cut in half. I was yeah. like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, wow, this is great. I'm really glad they're throwing this into this movie. It was really surprising, but in a pleasant way. And I think that was one of the strengths of the film, letting Sam Raimi really do his thing. And this movie, I I really enjoyed it. There are some things we'll talk about in terms of cons throughout the episode. But I think first and foremost, the the first con I have for it is I think they revealed too much in the trailers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot shown in the trailers that I think if they kept hidden until the movie came out would have blown people's minds. Like Professor X is, his in voice. the trailers yeah. and he, seeing his hand, hearing his voice, you're like, oh, Professor X is in this movie. That's really cool. But people are going to see this movie regardless. And I think, can you imagine the audiences when if Professor X came into the movie – we all would have freaked out because I went in knowing that. I went in knowing about a couple other cameos. Obviously, I knew about um, – spoilers, obviously, if, if you haven't seen it. Uh, Captain Carter, I knew about that cameo. I knew about Captain Marvel. Did I say Captain Carter before just yep. now? All right, and you then Captain right. Marvel, I knew that was going to happen. Obviously, I didn't we, know those. I, yeah. I saw those. on. They're all over Twitter and everything. Uh, obviously, I didn't know about – uh, Krasinski as Reed Richards, which was super cool. And that's kind of like something that I love Marvel because that basically was manifested by the fans, just constantly asking them via Twitter and Instagram for the last, and on YouTube comments for the last five years to make him the, the leader of the Fantastic and Mar- Four. And Marvel generally gets what they want. And Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> and all of, obviously the rumors are if the Fantastic Four is going to be made going forward, which I think they will, with him being the lead and the leader in uh, Mr. Fantastic, obviously, and maybe directing that movie as well. So a lot of the cameos I knew were going to happen. Reed Richard, I was super surprised by. I, I was like, that was the moment in the theater. I was like, oh, man, it's Krasinski. It's so yeah. cool. But everything else I kind of knew about. So I was like a little bit taken out of the fact that, like, I wish they kept those secret, really. Did they? So did, did they reveal the cameos in any, like, upcoming in trailers, trailers? There were really? quick shots. Little, so there's a quick shot. Like of, the trailers released, like, week before, right up to more, the like, like three weeks before. Like one of the, I think the last trailer they released, there was the shot of Captain Carter fighting Wanda. Really? You know she's fighting, but it's when it's the shot of her, like, being pushed back backwards and she's like grabbing uh-huh. the ground with her shield out so you know yeah. it's captain carter because her shield it's the captain carter shield just yeah. like captain america's shield almost yeah and then the, another one was captain marvel glowing but she she's completely glowing that moment when she's fighting you know when she does that and she's yeah, like yeah. holographic she's a holographic human be- like yeah. being you know what i mean yeah, sick, super so there's a shot of that all over the internet as well really so, so i didn't watch i only watched the initial trailer and then i didn't watch any other trailers because i, I wanted to go into it open-ended Without having any idea who was in it, so I but I knew Professor X was in it because he ha- has that line in the trailer. So I didn't know about the other cameos. So I was I was very surprised by seeing all of them except for Professor X. But I think that was also a problem. And it's not Marvel and it's not Feige. It was Disney. Yes, yeah, he doesn't have control Ke- over it. Kevin Feige actually complained about the trailer giving too much away because Disney's in control of it. So they're making the trailers that they're putting out. So it's Disney head of Disney. Those people, those execs who are saying we want to throw more into the trailer and reveal more. I just don't get why. Everyone's going to go see this movie in the yeah. first place. And I think... Because, just... like, they didn't show any Spider-Men. They didn't show 
Um, they didn't Gitto show too. Andrew and they didn't but show Toby, but people that's Sony control probably. Yeah, but still, I'm, what I'm saying is like they didn't show them in the trailer, but it may we all still saw it. Yeah, I don't know why they just felt the need to do it. It's probably my biggest con for the movie where going in like I knew. I, I think it would have been an even better experience if I didn't know about those cameos. And I didn't even watch the trailers. There's just screen grabs all over the all over. See, you're not on Twitter. That's why you probably didn't see any I'm of not it on Twitter. No. All over. If you don't want stuff spoiled, don't ever go on Twitter because man, it's everything's everywhere. But um, I kind of knew that stuff going in. But aside from that, there's still so much to talk about. And I still really enjoyed the movie. But before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast, where you get awesome perks like personalized videos, Patreon shouts on the show, weekly bonus episodes, and watch parties every month, which we have with our $10 and $25 tier patrons. And $100 tier pages, which is a new chosen one tier, which is the most baller tier of all time. $10, $25 tier, and $100 tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we interact with all the time. And that's where we have our watch parties and stuff like that. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter. 46 video lesson course to give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcast masterclass.teachable.com or just go to our website, Raiders of the Lost Podcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. Be sure to follow, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave those five star reviews. Thanks for tuning in around the world. Now let's get back into Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness because there is so much to go over. And since like there's all these great cameos for what we assume is the future of the MCU and post credit scene with Charlize Theron. And there was a lot of new characters that we saw in this movie. So I want to ask you, who is your who is your favorite character in this entire movie out of all of them? It could be even just if they were on screen for a minute or, not, or the whole movie. New ones or, or just in general? Oh, Wanda. I mean, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Scarlet Witch in this movie was the best part of the film. And I've been wanting like an unstoppable villain for a while because you could say obviously Thanos when he has all of the stones is pretty much the only character I can think in the MCU that is you know, matches up maybe not toe-for-toe against Scarlet Witch, but is comparable in terms of powers and abilities. But he needs all the stones to be that, whereas Scarlet Witch already is that powerful pretty much. And obviously when she fought Thanos at the end of Infinity War, she wasn't Scarlet Witch yet. She was Wanda. That's why she couldn't beat him. But Scarlet Witch, which she becomes during the show WandaVision... She messes him up in Endgame then, too. Yeah, Yeah. she is just beyond powerful, but she's still not Scarlet Witch. She's not Scarlet Witch yet. When she's Scarlet Witch, though, she's incredibly powerful and i thought that her story arc was was really terrific because they're they're adding from wandavision all the pain and and trauma she's experienced and her i think her goals are really really effective for a villain and an antagonist and she she grows so much but the unstoppability of her in the immense power was so intriguing how dark she went i mean sam raimi I'm so glad he directed this movie because the horror aspect of this movie was excellent, especially with Wanda. She was like a movie monster. And Carmitage, yeah. And oftentimes it was yeah. like a monster movie, which is so great. Like when she's like, we got, she's limping in the hallways. I'm like, yeah, this is freaking, this is the best yeah. part of the movie. So I think Wanda was my favorite part of the movie, hands down, even though her abilities were limited and toned down in the movie because I think what they did with Wanda, it's similar to what happened to Neo in the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions, where, you know, Neo becomes this all-powerful being inside the Matrix. He can do whatever he wants to, to the reality in the Matrix. Scarlet Witch can do whatever she wants with reality. And we get teases of that in the first act and second act of the film. But then the third act, she kind of just really just becomes another being. It's like an, she's like an Iron Man type character, mostly doing shooting stuff and doing some magic here and there. 
But in terms of like when she closes what's his name's mouth with reality, she could do stuff like that. Obviously, they need to make it a movie where she can't just win because she could turn everyone into ice cream cones. Yeah, because she can make reality what Thanos she wants. could have done that at the end of Endgame. It's just, yeah. it is what it is because they need to make a movie where there's conflict. Otherwise, she would just be win in a second. By the way, his name was is Black Bolt. Black okay? Bolt, sorry. Sorry. The uh, King of the Immortals. I, I mean, the not the Immortals, the um, King, Eternals. Uh, King of the Inhumans. Inhumans. I'm sorry about that. We are going to do our best in this episode. If we get stuff wrong, please <laughs> bear with us. So you could even say Scarlet Witch's powers were toned down in this movie, despite the fact showcasing how unstoppable she really is. But yeah, best part of the movie, I think. Yeah, I think she could be maybe just right below Thanos in terms of best villains the MCU has done. I think she's number two behind Thanos in Infinity War, that Thanos, because I think that's the best villain they'll ever have. But I really loved how more advanced she is in magic and how much more knowledgeable she is. So, Because she's at the end of WandaVision, she, we see that she's learning and just absorbing as much information as possible. Out of the dark hole. Yeah, That's yeah what exactly. She's reading. And so by the time this movie starts, she's probably just as knowledgeable as Doctor Strange is because she's been doing... She's Even been, more knowledgeable. Yeah, because she's been researching in, in her, with her spirit body. So she can do that constantly and absorb the information, whereas Doctor Strange is just doing it when he's when he's just normal self. So I think she's probably even spent more time um, educating herself than Doctor Strange has, even in the short amount of time. Well, I wouldn't say she knows more than Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange has the entire library of the sorcerers to use, where she's she's reading the Darkhold. That's what she's an expert on now, and that's what's corrupted her. So Doctor Strange had he didn't know of the Dark. Well, he knew of the Darkhold, but he didn't have access to it because only the Sorcerer Supreme has access to it, the copy yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what she's reading. Doctor Strange obviously knows more about magic because he has the library overall. Overall, yeah. so she was just an she's expert. not using any sling rings. Yeah, yeah. she's not using <laughs> sling rings. She doesn't need that. She's like, I don't need that shit. I'm Scarlet Witch. So she's an expert on the Darkhold, which so the dark magic, the dark spells the chaos yeah. magic and i thought it was a really smart way approach for the story because when she showed up at Carmitage by like what 20 minutes into the movie and she's like full-on villain mode i was like awesome sign me up i've been wanting to see her just go full baddie for a while now and i was really i really enjoyed scarlet witch being the scarlet witch in this film and elizabeth olsen absolutely steals the show she's i think she might have gave the best performance in the mcu ever yeah it's possible she's i think she's could be the most talented actor in the entire MCU. Um, it's she's just she can do anything. She's so talented, and she carries the movie. And it's another villain who is is fueled and motivated through uh, a tragic past. So we really empathize with her. Ironically, like this came out um, during Mother's Day week, and it's like it's a very much a motherhood movie here. The, the villain and then Ma multiverse of madness. Mom, yeah. did they do that on purpose or is it just chance? Who yeah, knows? Exactly. Because it's just America is when the date is the May 9th. Yeah, and this movie also. It reminded me of Everything Everywhere All at Once. This was, I think, made well before that one was made because this was made over two years ago. But Wanda, just like the characters in that movie, when they can go from, they can look on their computer and see the different multiverses, the different universes. Wanda and eventually Strange using that book, they can look, like literally look at the multiverse and look at the different worlds that they want to try and enter to see and find the correct one. I really like that approach to the multiverse being seen visually for certain characters. Yeah, it's really interesting. Actually, Elizabeth Olsen 
after she wrapped WandaVision filming, two days later, she went into filming for this. So she went like right to from WandaVision to this. So she stayed in character, I'm sure, and was able to really just expand on Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch because Scarlet Witch is now in control of Wanda's body, you could say. She's no longer Wanda inside of her. And, um, and that's why when she faces the other Wanda, the other Wanda has no chance against her because she's Scarlet Witch, a more powerful being. Yeah, and also this... This movie really hammered home the fact that even if a character dies in one universe, they're definitely going to be coming back anytime in the future. It leaves it up in, up in the air in terms of the Illuminati characters all being killed. This was just like a tease for us seeing them, and they'll have their own movies and stuff. But also, Wanda could definitely come back. We've already, in this movie, interacted with another Wanda who has a pretty sizable role in the film. So just because she died in this universe does not mean that she cannot come back in the future and it seems as though maybe in the, over the next 10 years, House of M storyline might be the big one to go with. I guarantee you we see her again for yeah. sure. Now, there's so much to go over. So oh, many so characters. my favorite character. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought it was the same. No, no my right. favorite character was Zombie Doctor Strange. Yeah, I love Zombie <laughs> Strange. It was awesome. So cool. But it, I, I, was, I, was, I was surprised because the trailer made it seem like that would be the villain. Because it ended with like Zombie Doctor Strange with the, the black spirits like floating around him. Yeah. And it made it seem like, oh, that's the big bad of the movie. Maybe and I was thinking or Sinister Strange. Yeah, or I, I thought Sinister Strange was gonna turn into that Zombie Strange. Mm-hmm. That was my prediction from watching the trailer. But that I only watched that trailer and knowing nothing about the comic yeah, at all, <laughs> no, knowing nothing. So my I, my assumption was that evil Sinister Doctor Strange would somehow become this zombified Doctor Strange, and that would be the big bad that Wanda and Doctor Strange and America Chavez would have to go up against. So I was surprised to see that it was actually our Doctor Strange. Uh, using the body as a puppet, which was very funny, and the gr- the gore is great because he was wearing all prosthetic makeup and it looked scary. I was like watching this, I was like, "Wow, this is a Disney movie. What they're really doing it? Like they're actually like showing something disturbing imagery, some gross makeup and special effects." I was all aboard, and I just really like like the movements and like his fingers are broken and don't really work. And it was just, I thought it was, a, I got a real kick out of zombie strange. Don't you need a, a, a living body to be, or a body to, to be able to dreamwalk? Who says it has to be alive? Something like that. It's a <laughs> yeah. great line, but I mean, it's because it's Sam Raimi. Yeah. And I, I would say that this is the most of a director's style we've ever seen in an MCU movie. So many close-ups, so much gross and shocking gore, which I love some campy stuff. You as mean like well. the zoom in close-ups? Yeah, the zoom in yes, close-ups. Yeah. Moving fast. Not even yeah. just zoom ins, but there is a ton of close-ups close-ups because that's one of his styles yeah. and he likes super close-ups as well as like some some super close-ups there's like a super close-up where the camera is just doing like a half circle around dr strange from mm-hmm. a distance zoomed yeah. in it's like what marvel movie is like this at all yeah and also there's that montage of uh the footage like an, a minute-long montage with uh i can't remember what ex- i can't remember what's happening we've only seen this once so give us a yeah. so like bear with us but like he blended together a bunch of shots like moving like a, a, an animation that would have been done in the 70s or, or 80s i you never seen anything like that in any kind of like comic book movie at all and i thought it was really cool to see that too oh, i think when you're thinking of when he's using the zombie body and christine's protecting him in that yeah, well, no, no. It's a montage of like footage being la- layered over each other from okay, several shots, gotcha. and uh, it, it was Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, a couple of locations with candles. It looked like a music video montage. Yeah, you know obviously, what I mean? Raimi is one of the best horror directors of all time with his Evil Dead franchise. Drag Me to Hell is a very recent horror movie he did. Well, not very recent, but recent horror, horror movie he did this century that's excellent as well. Very underrated. We've been wanting a darker MCU movie. We got it. We've been wanting a, a horror movie from the MCU. We've pretty much got it here. There's a lot of great campy ho- humor as well that he likes to put in his movies. 
Um, tons of POV shots to give the audience the front seat of stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Tons of Dutch angles, dolly zoom. So his brushstroke is all over this film. Yeah, a lot of great use of just like classical filmmaking techniques. Whereas most Marvel movies, they're basically very simply shot and lit because they're so efficient. Like they they shoot to they shoot for speed to get their movies because you know these big these are big movies. And they have release dates set in advance before they even start production. So they have to finish these huge, gigantic shoots in time to meet release dates. So they have to go as quickly as possible. And so that's why generally Marvel movies tend to stylistically look similar. Whereas I thought it was so refreshing to see completely new kind of a completely new kind of camera work and cinematography in a Marvel movie. And then Danny Elfman doing the music, freaking oh, yeah. collaborator with, with Sam Raimi. It sounded awesome. It's one of my favorite scores he's done recently, and it sounded a lot similar to Spider-Man themes. I feel like he was mm. like throwing those like kind of similar tones and, and themes as well and, and stuff like that into it just to pay homage to Spider-Man. So Danny Elfman has actually composed music for now 16 comic book movies. That's now. insane. 16. That so the Batman, the Batman films, Dick Tracy, Darkman, Men in Black series, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, Hulk, Wanted, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Justice League, and Multiverse of Madness. So 16 comic book movies have been scored by Danny Elfman. I didn't realize. So he's he's the king of comic book movie scores. I, I had no idea he had done that many. Yeah. That's absolutely it's insane. pretty wild. And so the main characters of this film, obviously, besides Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, we also have a Christine Palmer, who I think is a very improved character because we talked about in our Doctor Strange episode how we wish Christine had more to do in the third act of that film and with the plot going forward. But in this film, she we meet another version of Christine Palmer from a different multiverse world, and she is like a multiverse expert, which we'll get into a little bit. We have some more of Mordo, and he has some great uh uh, plot points and sort of an antagonist to Stephen Strange. But then America Chavez, played by Sochil Gomez, is an excellent new character to this franchise. She has the ability to create portals between dimensions of the multiverse, manifesting huge star shapes in the air that she can kick or punch in order to shatter them into an open door. She's a multiverse traveler. However, there is only one version of her in the entire multiverse. And I thought Gomez did a great job. She's actually the youngest actor to ever be cast in a major role in a Marvel movie. She I was only 14. Yeah, she's only six, she's 16 now, I believe. No, yeah, but yeah, 14 yeah. when she when they made this, yeah. which is crazy because you're up against you're working with like huge heavyweight actors. So I think she did a great job holding her own. I really like her character. I think she's a great new addition to the MCU. She's very charming, very talented. Cool character, fascinating power. It's something unexpected and very important going forward. You can tell America is going to be like a key to unlocking many of the doors in the future of the MCU. And we can also assume her powers are just going to grow because at the end of the film, she's doing sorcerer training yeah, at yeah. Carmitage, just yeah. like uh, Stephen Strange was doing at the beginning of Doctor Strange. Yeah, she's, like, she's she's also irritable and like impatient, just like he was in that film. Mm. And I was like, gonna see, I was gonna be like, are they gonna send her to that Arctic environment to like figure out how to make the circle? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they'd make a I joke. She's not dead. I thought Wong would make a joke that's about actually, that. Yeah, that was a missed. I was like, I was waiting for him. Like, is he gonna say something about that? Because that's that's a funny part of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Wong, where it's like, what if he doesn't make it back? Because isn't it Wong who's like, oh, not another one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like how many how many of your students have died freezing on the top of Mount Everest? <laughs> and also Benedict Wong is a standout in this movie. He had a lot more to do than the previous movies. I like how he's Sorcerer Supreme now. Yeah, because in in Infinity War, he basically just bounced. 
Remember at yeah, the, he the initial scene attacking New York, and then he's like, "I need to go protect the Sanctum Santorum," and then we never saw him again until the final until battle. the end game. End game. And but I was I was like, "Oh man, I got, Wong's gone. Too bad." But now he he had a lot to do in this film. He's a fan favorite. He's a very talented actor, Benedict Wong, uh, and I think Wong is definitely going to have a bright future in the MCU. People are saying he might even get his own TV show, but he's a great. Uh, friend to Steven, also his superior, which is a lot of fun they poke fun at. And he's great in the action sequences, the opening scene, he's awesome. And at the conclusion, he has a lot to do. He's I like, like that he had more screen time. He's like, it's the ancient custom to bow him from the Source of Supreme. See? See? Ancient, co- ancient, ancient custom. custom. <laughs> now, before we get more into plot and characters and stuff, I want to go over terminology because there's a lot of new things in terms of words I'd never heard of before this film that I think we really should just talk about briefly and go over. And we're getting some help from nerds.com on this because there's a lot to go over. So, starting off with Earth 616. So, the main MCU, you, the main MCU universe is Earth 616. This is where the overwhelming majority of the events in the franchise have taken place. This has been basically like what we've known as reality in the MCU. And that's what it was labeled by the Illuminati, Earth 616. And the collection of heroes that we see in this other parallel world is designated Earth 883. So we can just assume that there are thousands and thousands of known Millions. universes. Millions. Of known. Oh, known. known. Yeah, known. Wait for the adjective. <laughs> <laughs> incursions. What is an incursion? It occurs when two parallel universes collide with Earth as the focal point. This involves the extremely strange visual of another Earth appearing in the sky. If this collision is not prevented, both universes are destroyed. The simplest method of prevention is to destroy one of the Earths before they can collide, thus saving both universes at the cost of a few billion lives. It's quite the lose-lose situation. Obviously, in this film, we learn that the Doctor Strange on Earth 883 caused an incursion in trillions of people and two entire universes were wiped out from existence. Next up, we have the Illuminati, who are a group of superheroes that protect one of the parallel Earths in the titular universe. However, it's not accurate to say that they are the universe's equivalent of the Avengers. The names are different for a reason. Befitting their role, the Illuminati are a secret cable of superpowered beings, not a public-facing team. Reed Richards, Captain Marvel, Baron Mordo, Captain Carter, Professor X, and Black Bolt make up the Illuminati in this world. And we can assume that other characters and other heroes come in and out of the Illuminati in this universe, in this world. Now we have the Darkhold, also known as the Book of Sins, the Book of Spells, and the Book of the Damned. The Darkhold was transcribed from, forgive my pronunciation, Chathon's Dark Magic. I, can't, I don't know how to say I his think name. Be great. He's the original demon, I believe. He he carved the the spells into the walls of a castle at the top of Wundagore Mountain in Eastern Europe, which we also see in the film. The masters of the mystic arts were aware of the transcription, and that's where the book, the Darkhold book, was a copy of these inscriptions, which is heavily featured in the film. The book was obtained by Agatha Harness and WandaVision, who brought it to her to brought it with her to Westview in order to amplify her powers so she could manipulate one of Maximoff's reality without being noticed. It was later taken by Maximoff after she became Scarlet Witch and read it, although the book corrupted her into unleashing a multiverse rampage to gain an alternate versions of her children. However, as soon as she broke out of its influence at the end of this film, we know that she destroyed every copy of the Darkhold within the multiverse to stop it from ever being misused. And we can assume which, which means maybe there'll never be another Scarlet Witch unless another Scarlet Witch can be made without the Darkhold. Mm, good point. And then there's another book, the Book of Vishanti, 
Doctor Strange believed another book of magic could be used to con to counter the Darkhold, the Book of Vishanti, which he pursued into the multiverse, only to find only for it to be destroyed before before his very eyes. Doctor Strange was left with no choice but to use another version of the Darkhold itself against Scarlet Witch, drawing on the blackest of magics and risking his souls, his soul to save the multiverse. And I, is it the Book of Vishanti is the one that corrupted Sinister Strange? No, no, the Darkhold the was dark hold he corrupted. Had, he had, yeah, the, the Book of Ashanti is the exact opposite of the, of the Darkhold. It, so it, it's it. like just peace and harmony. Uh -huh. And that's why it gets destroyed by the, the singlest touch of darkness destroys it. Okay, okay. So Sinister Strange used the Darkhold in his universe. Yeah, that's what he had Got attached it. to him. That's what Doctor Strange was trying Got to steal it. from him. And that's what Doctor Strange uses to dreamwalk. And, and, and who had Deathly Hallows? <laughs> <laughs> America Chavez had the Deathly Hallows. Now, the Gap Injunction is where the Book of Ashanti is held. This is a dimension in the realm of swirling floors, which existed at a nexus between the worlds. That's where the opening of the film in this other world, where Defender Strange with America Chavez were unable to securely uh, uh, get the Book of Ashanti against that demon. And that's where uh, he was trying to take away America Chavez's powers because they failed their mission on getting the Book of Ashanti, and he thought it was the only way to save the multiverse was taking America's powers because she couldn't control them. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, and she well, fortunately worked out, and she was saved and sent to another universe, accidentally using her powers. The Illuminati knew how to reach the Book of Ashanti, which rested under a fractured version of Bernini's Baldacino from St. Peter's Cathedral, their supreme strange, created a secret portal referred to as a waypoint. That's where Earth-883 Christine Palmer, main our Stephen Strange in America, Travis, crossed over in the Gap Junction, which they end up still not getting in. It was destroyed. Gotcha. Next up, we have Mount Wondegore. The dark hold that Wanda acquired on WandaVision was only a copy, not the original. Its destruction led Wong, desperate to protect his fellow sorcerers from unimaginable pain, telling the Scar Scarlet Witch the original spells resided on Mount Wondegore and the walls. He did not expect her to survive a trip up there, but she did. Wong said no one ever returned from Mount Wondegore, which had been created by the evil god Th Chathon, who also made the Darkhold. I bet it's pronounced like with a silent <laughs> C-H or something. <laughs> it's spelled C-H-T-H-O-N. And then at the end of this film, we all know Wanda destroys Mount Wendegore in order to prevent both herself and anyone from ever again using the evil, corrupting chaos magic of the Darkhold. Every copy in the multiverse burned away when Mount Wendegore fell. So it was like the, maybe like the origin of it. So that's why all the books are, uh, were destroyed. Moving on to dreamwalking. Dreamwalking allows someone to inhabit the mind of a variant in another universe so they can use them as a meat puppet, which is what they referred to in the film. On Mount Wondegore of her own world, the Scarlet Witch used dreamwalking to remotely control the body of Wanda Mom on Earth 883. The Scarlet Witch attacked the Illuminati, just not with her own body. She was using the body of this other Wanda. Doctor Strange also used dreamwalking to take over the dead body of Defender Strange. This main strange, our main strange, had left Defender Strange's corpse buried in his own universe. And he, we found out that you don't need a living body. All you need is a body in that other universe. However, it came with the consequences where he was risking his soul and was almost brought down to the the the, the hell of the dead or whatever that, that place was called. But he was able to eventually use them as a weapon against Scarlet Witch out of the advice of Christine. Was it who, who gave him the advice to do that? Was it Wong or Christine? 
To do what? It was Christine who said to use them, right? To use what? When he was almost, like, his soul was almost lost by those mm-hmm. those evil spirits. It was yeah, Christi- she, she told She them. said to use them as a tool, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It was him. Yeah. It was her. To, I mean. turn, the, to turn the tables on them. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I just said that, not her. My, how the turntables have. <laughs> Next up, uh, we finally learned that in the MCU, dreams are actually glimpses of other dimensions and universes in the multiverse because the movie opens with Defender Strange and America Chavez as trying to escape that monster in the Gap Junction. Our Doctor Strange thinks it's just nothing more than a very vivid dream, but then we learn it's a reality that happened in a different universe. So now we know that people can dream their other versions universes within their dreams well that's what their dreams are yeah that's what they are they're glimpses yeah. into yeah. their other into their variants and that's why america says she doesn't dream because she's the only america chavez in the entire multiverse yeah which is kind of a bummer and yeah. sad she's just alone she's but she's cool. a, but she's a cool girl i think she'll be great she's she's very cool listen to your friend billy zane he's, he's a cool, cool guy dude. <laughs> <laughs> now uh some other little things Doctor Strange, so so Sinister Strange has a third eye, and then at the end of the film, post-credits, the first post-credits scene, Doctor Strange develops that third eye Great b- ending, before yeah. he's met yeah, with the, the new character by uh, played by Clea. Charlize Theron. Clea. Now, what is this third eye? I did a little bit of research, uh, well, just a couple of minutes. And <laughs> <laughs> wow, impressive. Now, now, what does the third eye mean in the comics? It's not said what it means in the movie, but in the comics, his third eye is a manifestation of the eye of Agamotto, which we have on the desk right here. Pretty cool. And so even though the stone was destroyed, the time stone was destroyed by Thanos crushing the eye in the comics... Um, however, we see in this film that Doctor Strange has reconstructed it, and it remains empty, though. He does open it when he's doing a spell, remember? Mm-hmm. But there's nothing inside of it. The time yeah. stone's not inside of it. Yeah, there's no eye in there. Um, but in the comics, it's then manifested on Strange's forehead and gives him special powers. The third eye gives Strange a sort of magical enhanced sight. It's a revealer of truth that can reenact recent events and see into the souls of our, of others. So it seems that we'll figure out, I'm sure, later on what happens and what what the third eye means. It obviously had something to do with the Darkhold, I'm sure, because maybe he's like evolving into a new version of himself. He's like, oh, I got extra powers. He he took one of those stones like in Pokemon. And this is like the third evolution of Doctor Strange. <laughs> he, he got the Thunderstone. <laughs> Plus, it looks is that what those it, stones are called? I can't remember. Um, oh, it's been it's a been minute. So, hold on, let me look at that. I'm but curious. the third eye looks really cool. And it was a great way to end it with the, uh, with the post-credit scene where... He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I finally grew into a better part of myself, and I've, I've changed over these two, these, over these events, and then he seems to be in a great mood, and then the eye just pops out of his head. It was great. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, it was the water, yeah. water, fire, and thunderstones. That's it. I was yeah. right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just give it to Pikachu to turn to Raichu, and then you regret it immediately because yeah. you just want Pikachu yeah. back. Yeah, Raichu is overrated. Raichu, he's all right. <laughs> it sounds like he's sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right um so yeah we we got a lot of new information in this movie going forward it's gonna help us out how about um we go forward with our intermission and then we'll get back to the movie and go over some more stuff sounds wonderful this week we are brought to you by our friends zavi the home of pop culture head on over to zavi.com that's z-a-v-v-i.com and use our coupon code raiders for all sorts of discounts on merch memorabilia and clothing 
They have a bunch of new clothing lines launching right now and very soon, including a 50th anniversary Godfather line, a Star Wars 45th anniversary clothing line, also Doctor Strange clothing line launching very soon, and an Obi-Wan Kenobi clothing line launching as well. We are decked out in merch from Zavi for this episode. I'm wearing a Spider-Man hat. I got a Guardians of the Galaxy t-shirt, and I also have an Eye of Agamotto on my desk. This thing is super cool. has a built-in light, and it comes with and use and it's motorized. It's motorized yeah. and turns on. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, you are, it gives you magical powers, too. Yeah, and I, I have, have the time stone inside of it. And I have this amazing Spider-Man sweatshirt. I love it. Check it out. It's so cozy, and it looks really cool. Zavi also released the latest issue of The Lowdown, their official digital monthly magazine about all things pop culture. The Lowdown is your go-to place for all things film and TV, gaming, and featuring exclusive interviews about the biggest titles and features that take a deeper look at beloved classics. In this month's edition, we go behind the scenes on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the upcoming Star Wars show Obi-Wan Kenobi, Pixar's Lightyear, and the horror film Dash Cam. And we'll actually be featured in one of those in the next month, I believe, right? We're going to be featured in the June issue. So cool. Yeah. All of Zavi's clothing is printed on demand in their official warehouse in the UK, meaning they only produce the clothing once it is sold on the website. The benefit of this is the quality job, the quality print job, as well as no wasted garments after new clothing launches. So head to Zavi.com, get all your merch, all sorts of bundles on collectibles and memorabilia, as well as steelbooks. So cool. We have so many that have been sent to us. Use our coupon code Raiders at checkout from Zavi.com. That's Z-A-V-V-I.com and get all your stuff today. Let's hit on into our intermission and begin with the movie quote competition. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. This one's for me. I've forgotten what they looked like. They're so beautiful. They're so tiny. Hmm. Say it again. I'd forgotten what they looked like. They're so beautiful. They're so tiny. I don't know. Children of Men. Oh, that's Chutel, the Force character Luke yeah. in the war, and he sees the baby finally. Good one. Good one. Okay, here's my quote: Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. Choose a family. Choose a fucking big television. Choose washing machines, cars, compact disc players, and electric tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol, and dental insurance. Choose fixed insurance, interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Train spotting. Correct. There's a lot more I did not include. That's a big, big one. <laughs> Love that movie. Guess this movie release year. Salt. You want uh, Chiwetel today? Mm -hmm. I'm going 2010. Correcto. Yes! Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice job. Guess this movie release here. Moulin Rouge. You went, uh, <laughs> you and McGregor today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2002. One. Ah! Close. God damn it. Close, but no cigar. Movie pop quiz time. This is a list. I know how much you love lists. <laughs> <laughs> Name the four actors who play the adopted brothers in Four Brothers. Garrett Hedlund, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Oh man, hold on! I'm trying to picture them. Oh, who? I can't even picture them in my head because Chiwetel plays the villain. Wow, this is pretty easy. <laughs> hold on, I'm blanking. Tyrese. Yep. Who's? I can't even picture the third one. I'm trying. Oh my god. Uh, he's a. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He's a rapper. <sighs> I don't know. Andre three thousand. Oh, idiot. Oh man. <laughs> 
forgot. Good question, right? That was a great question. Would have been great if you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even picture it. Like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's my quiz question. What Michael Bay movie did Ewan McGregor star in? Ewan McGregor and Michael Bay? Yep. I'm just going to take a guess. The Island. Correct. Oh, he directed that? Yeah. It seems like his style. Yeah. I feel like a 360 shot of them two after the escape happens. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of 360s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Ewan and ScarJo, right? That's correct. Man, that's a pretty good movie. That is pretty good. It's a good twist. Yeah. It's a good clone movie for you yeah. fans of clone movies. <laughs> uh, what's our um, our hater of the week or unsubscribes? What we got going on? Uh, <laughs> I have a funny unsubscribe. Every, I get sent a lot of memes we do in our DMs, and we appreciate everyone sending us memes for us posting, and it's great. And but uh, our our buddy Raymond, Wil- Jay Raymond Wilkerson, Wilkerson, yeah, sent us uh, the for tomato meme. Oh my god, so funny! <laughs> so funny. So it's, yeah, it's the but I didn't credit him, so he he wrote no no credits, unsubscribed, crying face. <laughs> he was just he was just kidding. But I just get sent so many. I have a huge like gallery of them, and I can never remember who it's sent a, me. It's them. a genius meme, and so it's yeah. the the Return of the King meme that you see all the time, where it's uh, Aragorn looking back and saying for Frodo. But this time, it's someone photoshopped Denethor's head on him and it says for tomato. <laughs> one of my favorite memes <laughs> ever. Denethor and the tomatoes, we all know. Is, oh my god, this is a thing. It's so funny. It's it's a genius meme. All right, uh, thanks, pal, for the meme. We have a great five star review for supporter of the week from Leon S. Kennedy. Definitely the best duo, one of the best duos out there. I've been listening to these guys for a year now. First finding them from TikTok and then started watching their podcast and videos and loved it. The banter between them is so good, especially in the Morbius episode and how knowledgeable they are in the film from screenwriters to composers on each film. Love them so much. End up joining their Patreon. Whoa, Leon, thank you. You're the best. If you're interested in film or want to be updated in films or in depth, learning can't recommend these guys enough. Wow. Thanks, Really appreciate it, Leon. Appreciate you. We also have a Godfather shout out for this episode. Who is it? It's our friend Amanda Hatfield. Amanda! Amanda! She became Amanda, a Godfather Amanda, tier. Amanda, 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 Amanda. Made you an offer. We, you could have enjoyed the Patreon. Thank you so much. On the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. You've always been a longtime supporter of the show, always interacting with us on social media. And she picked a very funny uh, movie for her for review. What did she select? She selected Tusk. Oh my god! Because she's she, not just the spiders, yeah, right? Just to make, just to mess with us, because she. That's <laughs> oh, a good movie, but she knows uh, she knows it like makes our skin crawl. Makes me cringe just yeah. thinking about it. So, uh, all right, we'll cover it for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're, we're gonna make a great review for you, but uh, very funny, Amanda. It's gonna be painful. <laughs> now, on this day in film history, today is May twelfth in nineteen ninety four. Pulp Fiction premieres at Cannes Film Festival, and that's where it also won the Palme d'Or. In two thousand seventeen, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword was released, and Happy Birthday to Homer Simpson. Ving Rhames, Emilio Estevez, Jason Biggs, and Rami Malek. Emilio! Emilio! The mighty the duckling mighty himself. The mighty duckling, man. <laughs> My streaming recommendation is a horror film because of Sam Raimi directing this film. And I chose The House of the Devil, one of my favorite indie horror films. It's on Hulu, directed by Ty West. Excellent pick. He Excellent just did pick. X, FYI. X was awesome, too. My recommendation is generation generation 56k on netflix it's a really great international tv series super funny charming romantic it's about trying to date in the modern era with technology very accurate to real life i it's i really liked it so i recommend you check it out it's also italian it's also italian anthony recommended it to me earlier today yeah you should watch it now let's get back into doctor strange how about we run through the plot real quick just to go over what's happening go for it bro so obviously we know you like to run what steven did in No Way Home at the beginning, casting that spell, 
opened up the multiverse and in, in the dimensions. And so now we're feeling the effects of that still. And in this film, Stephen Strange and America Chavez are working together to try to save her from Wanda, Scarlet Witch, who's trying to access America Chavez's powers, her ability to travel the multiverse so that Scarlet Witch can find a, a universe where she is happy and she has her, her, her two boys because that's what she wants, because that's what she created and seen in the multiverse. That's what she did in WandaVision. So she's trying to find that reality where that exists. And now she's stopping at nothing to obtain America Chavez to steal her powers to do this. Stephen Strange is trying to protect her at the same time as them traveling the multiverse, interacting with other versions of of Stephen Strange and other characters that they know. And basically, that's it. That's the plot. Is Scarlet Witch trying to steal her powers to find the reality she wants to live in. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, she said that like every other multiverse has her sons with her. No, no, there's just just one. I mean, there's probably a few. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think there's, I mean, there's a bunch. Well, there's infinite multiverses, yeah. but she I said. I think she said there's a lot of them with with her boys in it. In, in probably. The, in hers is one without it. I'm sure there's yeah. universes where she has a daughter. Yeah. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. But she's trying to find the one where she does find an Earth 883. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's that's the plot of the film. And but in but in addition to that, so much happens in this film. We have so many new characters. And I think Stephen Strange and America Chavez are one of the great strengths of this film, their relationship and how it grows, because the opening of the film is her with Defender Strange, and Defender Strange ends up trying to steal her, not steal, but take her powers from her because she can't control them. He thinks that's, he thinks that's the only way to save the multiverse from what's happening. However, he gets killed, and he was wrong anyways, because Stephen Strange, our Doctor Strange, ends up learning that America Chavez is the key to stopping the Scarlet Witch, who again is... Was was prophesied in the Darkhold to become the ultimate power, power, most powerful being, and have control over everything. And also, Stephen has become like a fully formed hero now by this point because he's willing to risk everything to save a kid. You know what I mean? And Wong does the same thing where he he's willing to sacrifice himself, but not the lives of others. And that's something that you know the original Stephen Strange was very selfish. And we learned from earlier in with Defender Strange, he says in the grand calculus of the multiverse, their sacrifice will mean much more. Yeah. And that's what also or, Yeah, he's like you're just one dot in a pile of sand. Because Doctor Strange, our Strange used to believe that as well in yeah. past MCU films, but now he's realizing that just just one death isn't worse, one innocent life isn't worth the rest yeah. of the multiverse. So I think that he's become a fully formed hero by this point. Because and also America doesn't trust him yet because of what the other Stephen Strange has done has done and we can assume she's met other Doctor Strange as well because she's been traveling the multiverse ever since she accidentally used her powers and she lost her both of her mothers in somewhere in the multiverse. Very tragic scene. Very tragic scene yeah. when they're in the uh was it the 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 lane of memory lane? Yeah. Where they're in that she where they're in like that other universe. But I think their interactions and their storylines are very strong and their relationship grows so much until America looks up to him and probably sees him as a father figure by the end of the film. And we also got that really great montage of them going through different um, universes, which is a lot of fun. He's like, were we paint in that one universe? She's like, yeah, you don't want to get stuck in there, bro. (laughs) And then we get a great Bruce Campbell cameo, which uh, harkens back to the Evil Dead 2, where uh, in that movie, he... the, the. book casts a spell on him and he starts hitting himself over and over yeah, again yeah. so they were referencing that in this cameo and so now a lot of the film takes place on earth 883 and so after scarlet witch attacks carmitage let's let's talk about that first so stephen strange goes to see scarlet witch asking her if she knows anything about the multiverse and she has this fake reality which is so fascinating and he's like oh you put the magic behind her you and she's like i've been trying and then she lets it slip that like she said she name drops America and he's like, I never told you her name. She's like, Oh damn. 
she's like, why don't you just bring America to me? Like, we could talk to her. We could figure it out. Yeah. And then she reveals her reality. I think that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire film is to see the true Scarlet Witch behind Matt Wanda, how Wanda is just gone. And like, this is what her reality is, just fire and death and just red magic, chaos energy everywhere. Yeah, and I love that. And then we, we she reveals that she's the one who sent that monster after them in the opening scene. And then the, that ended up in New York City. So I just, I loved the approach of Wanda starting out this movie as a villain and just, already. I love how that's her version of being merciful, really. And and what, what came in with what this? They, well, she says it like the, twice. Not merciful, but there's a word. Oh, man, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. This is me being... Oh, what is it? Oh, I can't think of it. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Anyways, I can't think of it. you know, you all know what we're talking about. You're probably screaming it at you at the radio right now. <laughs> This is me being reasonable. 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 Thank, you. Thank God. Yes. I'm sure we all had access to the dark hold because there's got to be some sort of spell for grooming because it can get, a, get pretty dark down there, guys. So that's why you should head on over to manscaped.com if you are not a sorcerer or a witch and get the lawnmower 4.0 groomer from them today. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping worldwide from manscaped.com. We've been talking about the lawnmower 4.0 groomer for about a year now. It's fantastic. 7,000 RPM motor built-in light wireless charger it's waterproof you can use in the shower i don't know what you're doing if you haven't gotten it yet manscaped also launched their ultimate premium collection this year which includes deodorant a body wash two-in-one shampoo conditioner hydrating body spray and a free set of manscaped lip balm head on over to manscaped.com use our coupon code raiders of the lost at checkout you get 20 percent off and free shipping on your entire order worldwide and our other amazing sponsor movieposters.com has teamed up with us to offer a very special deal 10 percent off your orders on their website head on over to movieposters.com and use coupon code raiders 10 to get that discount they have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal, as well as every Marvel movie and TV show. So for all you fans of Marvel, the best place to get your posters is at movieposters.com. Again, use our coupon code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off. They have all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. And then, so sending Gargantos is her being reasonable and everything else. And then her attacking Carmitage, that's also reasonable as well. But that's, I think... One of my favorite sequences is her attacking Carmitage. It just shows how unstoppable she is. She's against all these sorcerers and Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange. They are nothing compared to her. Even when they trap her inside, temporarily inside that other dimension. Um, the mirror dimension. The mirror yeah, dimension. Yeah. Is it the mirror dimension? Some, it's, it's something some, like that. She ends up escaping and, and it becomes a horror movie for like 20 minutes. And I love the sequence of her her hands and limbs coming out of the walls and the reflections in the water pulling yeah. people in. And then her chasing them down inside the tunnels to to get to the uh, the book of Vashanti and everything like that. It's really awesome and so scary and fun. And my favorite shot is um, when they're ready to defend Carmitage, all of the pupils and the uh, experienced wizards and witches and Scarlet Witch is floating hovering above them and she can't break through the force field and then she go then she's like oh I'm gonna try to um, take over one of their minds and influence them mentally and then there's she finds someone who's weak and it's this guy and then the camera she like gives a little smirk and then the camera goes to a, a close-up of him like a medium close-up and then the sound just cuts out there's no sound and then uh, suddenly Scarlet Witch appears behind him in slow motion, just like moving behind him. And she whispers, run into his ear. I thought that was such a great moment that it was such great filmmaking. And it was a great awesome. shot. 
I, I'm, I'm curious how he did it. It's two Randy, shots. Because is it two Laird. shots or did he so do... So completely different shots. Because she, Elizabeth Olsen's not in the same shot as yeah, that actor. Yeah, because he's enormous behind her. her. Her head's just huge and fills up the entire screen behind him, and he's the one in focus. Because I was like, did they do it like that? Is it well, forced perspective? Yeah, it's, it's, they're both in sharp focus, but also it, you can tell it's just... And that's what Sam Raimi has always done with his visual effects, going back to Spider-Man. Rather than just making compositing one shot, he does multiple layers and puts them on top of each other, just like old school style visual effects and animation. And that's why the visual effects in a lot of cases looked a little different from what it typically looks like in a Marvel movie in this film. It's because of his approach to animation. Yeah, it's really great. And then obviously they stand no chance about against Scarlet Witch, who showcases that her being reasonable is just making people die instantly. She kills a ton of people. She, she murks yeah. dudes like crazy in this movie. And we it's shocking to see for for a Marvel movie in a, in a Disney movie. Usually, even with Thanos, we just, everyone just faded to dust. It wasn't as like em- emotional. Or yeah. as emotional. It wasn't like... As gory or horrific, you could say, but to actually yeah. see all these people getting killed like one at a time and, was awesome. Yeah, it has a great emotional impact at the end of the film where when she sees the she's trying she's scaring her kids and they're terrified of her. They're crying, they're calling her a witch, and she's like, I'm not a monster and, and then she's like, I am she realizes she has that mode of self realization, like, I have become a monster. And that's the motivation for her sacrificing herself at the end. It was a great payoff for the emotional arc of her character, realizing that in the moment and seeing the looks of fear on the boys' faces of looking at her, crying and you know begging for her not to kill them, that's when she realized, I have become a, a terrible monster and I am a villain and I've become evil. I just love the payoff of the, the setup of the last couple of movies and TV show. And she almost gets America Chavez at Carmitage, but fortunately, Doctor Strange and America Chavez accidentally escape when she, again, she doesn't know how to control her powers yet. She uses, she, when she becomes emotional in a situation, that's when her powers arise. And so they escape through all these different dimensions, end up at Earth 883. However, Wong is left behind and Scarlet Witch uses her to get to the, uh, the, lo- the location of the original carvings from the Darkhold. Yeah, the temple thing. Now, eight, eight, World 883, Earth 883 is where we spend a lot of time with the Illuminati and everything. And that's where Mordo very cleverly betrays Stephen Strange because he was warned technically by the Stephen Strange from that Earth, or he knows what happened with that Stephen Strange where he caused an incursion and the Illuminati had to take Doctor Strange out because of what happened. They're looking at any Doctor Strange that shows up as a threat to exactly. the multiverse. And and, yeah, and, but I will say a, a con to this movie is that, and I knew I predicted this before we walked in, I was like, I was like, she would tell us before his role is going to be so reduced to only a few minutes of screen time because I'm sure his – because the setup of the first Doctor Strange set him up to be the big villain of the next one. But I think obviously Marvel changed their plans in a lot of ways in a lot of movies, so that original plan was not going to work out. So Mordo and she would tell is one of my favorite actors. I was a little disappointed to see how minimal screen time he had as a character. Because what's he in? He's in three scenes or something like yeah. that because he's with them when – they're, they, he show, they show up at they're the door, tea, and they're yeah. drinking the tea, and he, yeah. and, he, and he drugs them. And then he's with the Illuminati, and then the fight with Stephen Strange. I yeah. mean, he's in a decent amount of screen time, but you're right. We An were, impact on the plot. Not, we were yeah. anticipating him before the Multiverse of Madness, obviously, that he would be the villain or the antagonist in the next Doctor yeah. Strange movie. He is an antagonist, in a way, to Stephen Strange's goals. And also, this is a different Mordo from the first movie. But, but yeah. he has the view of the Illuminati, where they have to prevent Doctor any Doctor Strange from doing anything. Anything because they know what he's capable of, capable of. Because we learn obviously from Christine Palmer, who 
is now this multiverse expert that the most dangerous person to the multiverse is Stock Doctor Strange and the Stephen Stranges. And so following Doctor Strange's death in Earth 838, Christine Palmer went to work for the Baxter Foundation in multiversal research, aiding the Illuminati. The team Strange founded in order to honor his legacy, Palmer used her expertise in the multiverse in order to help the Illuminati against multiversal threats. During her time in research, she spent a lot of time naming multiversal realities, naming dimensions as she discovered them, and naming the Earth she was on as Earth 838. So she's like probably the foremost expert on the multiverse. Love it. Which she, I love because yeah. Christine's such a great character, and now they've just improved her and expanded her character even more. Yeah, and I really, I mean, it, definitely a standout of this movie was the the sequence where Scarlet Witch breaks in and just absolutely destroys the other heroes as uh, of the Illuminati. And I love how uh, when Strange is warning them about Scarlet Witch, and they're like, we could take care of, we could handle one little witch. And then two minutes later, she's killing them all. It's crazy. Yeah, let's talk about it. So yeah. it's a horror movie at that point. Yeah. You know, she's chasing them down those hallways. And now she's in Earth 838 because she's dreamwalking now. She's dreamwalking and she's in Wanda 838's body. She's going after Stephen Strange and America Chavez because they learned from Mortal also that no matter what, she can dreamwalk and she will find you wherever you go. So that's why we have to stop you and we have to imprison you to figure out what's going to happen next. And it's great sequence where learning and meeting the Illuminati was really cool. Again, I think it would have been a lot more emotional if we didn't know. Or like I said, I already knew three of them going in. But with John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic, that was really cool. And then also, uh, who else? And then Shauna Lynch as Captain Marvel. Then we have Gabby Carter. And then I forgot his name again. (laughs) Blackager Boldagon. Black, Black Bolt. Bolt. Black, Black Bolt. Bolt. So that's the, the short name. Black Bolt. Um, at first, I was like, who is this guy? He, yeah. he doesn't talk. I had no idea who he was. Yeah, me either. But then we find out that his power is crazy strong. And even at full strength, he, his voice can destroy planets. And he's the one who killed Dare Strange. Yeah, so he's the one who yeah. Ex- uh, yeah, they ex- they executed him, yeah. basically. Yeah, because he was too dangerous. And also, this the fight sequence is great. Because like we said earlier, it was graphic. You saw blood. You saw a lot of blood in this movie. Uh, you 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 can tell that, you know, Captain Carver gets impaled and gets cut in half. Darth Maul style. Yeah, yeah Darth Maul style. Excellent. You know, she crushes Captain Marvel with that giant, like, giant stone pillar. Excellent sequence. I love the the mouth sequence. And then Black Bolt, literally his head explodes from the inside. That and was it, the first moment yeah. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, then I was like, oh, they're not pulling any punches. Like, wow, in a Disney movie. It's great. And Sam Raimi was really clever with the gore, especially, I think, with Scarlet Witch when she's in Wanda 838's body at the Illuminati headquarters. And she first fights all of those androids. And she's covered in, like, oil and grease it looks like blood splatter so they get away with it and it looked really cool and they put that in the trailer but then it gets mixed with blood so then she's covered in blood and grease i think they it was something that marvel had to do after especially after the boys because the boys is so graphic and gory and has all that and invincible and so i think marvel really needed to do something like this to compete with those with what kids with what people are watching on those shows in terms of the gore and violence in order to keep the, the audiences happy about seeing action in these movies, I think The Boys and Invincible had an impact on Marvel's approach in this one. And, and Scarlet Witch is just so powerful that no one in the Illuminati stood a chance against her. She turns Reed Richards into rubber spaghetti. When that basically. happened, I was like, oh, shit. She destroys Captain Marvel. She puts up a good fight, but really she, she's just technically toying with her. 
Captain Carter only lasts a minute against her, and we get the I could do this all day line, followed by her body getting cut in half. <laughs> um, <laughs> Professor X, who y- you could also assume was is probably the most powerful with power, has the most power out of all of the Illuminati. Also stood no chance against, against uh, Wanda Maximoff, and we go inside of his his. Uh, I can't remember what the the dimensions called that he enters in, when he's in people's minds. Snaps his neck in, but we also see Wanda eight three eight trapped underneath the rocks, and I mm-hmm. love the red smoke of the Scarlet Witch coming for him, which is beautiful, really cool. sh- beautiful shot. Yeah. Takes out Black Bolt, so no one stands a chance against Scarlet Witch. She's so powerful. And mentioning that image of the white environment with the red cloud of smoke just smoke just approaching really beautiful it's i think that in is one of the most beautiful images in a mcu movie as well as uh, the set where sinister strange is that staircase on the on the shore of the beach really beautiful set i think that's my favorite set in any mcu movie i thought it was so cool surrealist tide coming yeah the tide coming i thought it was really fantastic that staircase it was so cool to see there's a really great easter egg in this film Uh, there obviously there are many but i think my favorite was before professor x engages with his fight with scarlet witch he says to steven after he's going to tell him steven how to get to the book of vashanti and tells him where it is because he sees something different about this doctor strange that you know maybe there's hope with this one he says just because someone stumbles and loses their path doesn't mean they're lost forever and this line this line is taken directly from the movie x-men days of future past one of the best superhero movies ever yeah he says that to logan right he says it to logan i believe he technically says it to mordo in this but stephen strange is there well, Mordo's yeah. next. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. Well, he's, yeah, but he's saying it about Steven yeah, Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's not yeah. saying it like to Mordo, like Mordo, just because you stumbled. <laughs> this guy stumbled. Because Mordo only sees the bad. He doesn't want to believe Steven Strange or believe in him, I mean. Mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, Marvel movies are generally very funny and have a lot of great quippy lines, but I, I think a con to this movie is that a lot of the lines didn't really land for me. I agree. I, I laugh yeah. at everything in movie theaters. Anthony can attest to this. Anyone who goes yeah. to the theaters with me, I laugh at all jokes pretty much, like a lot of the time. And, and with the, the audience I was with, there was a couple that landed. There was like one or two really good ones. But in general, I think there are just a lot of comedic lines that just didn't land for audiences in this movie, which was surprising from a Marvel movie because generally they do. Yeah, I, I also noticed that too because we were in a packed theater and there wasn't much laughter going on. People enjoyed the movie, but it wasn't, and the jokes, they kind of fell flat. I totally agree with you. They did fall flat. They didn't have that that punch because uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was hilarious. And obviously the tone is different. This is like yeah. a horror-esque movie, but no, there's they were still trying. plenty of, they were of trying. one-liners that they were trying. Yeah, so I agree. I think that it, the humor, it didn't work here. And maybe it would have just been best to try to avoid it. I think, no, no. I think not completely yeah. avoid it, but mm-hmm. accept the movie for what it is. Because you could argue that tonally the movie kind of bounces around from being like kind of just like a, a dramatic – a lot of dramatic exposition and some great character moments and beats that are very, very like endearing in a way. But then also the great graphic horror, the campy horror, the campy humor here and mm-hmm. there. So maybe if they just picked one tone to go down because it kind of bounced back and forth tonally for me. Yeah. So it didn't – I, I maybe it didn't feel like it completely flowed well because sometimes there would be like a 15-minute sequence where it's like everything slowed down and it's very, very light and – and mm-hmm. positive, which you know you like, and it's good to balance that out and have those beats. Sometimes they might have ran a little too long. I think like Memory Lane maybe ran a little too long. I like getting America, America Chavez's background with Memory Lane, but maybe we didn't need it from Doctor Strange. Yeah. But we did learn about the Doctor Strange of that world through, from Memory Lane. Yeah. I also I think that it it was a little fast in the first half of the movie. It was very fast, and 
and we, I, we didn't really catch our breath with what was going on. So I think that the first 40 minutes moved a little too quickly, and I would have liked it if they took a little bit of a slower pace in terms of the editing and allow for more character development because they were just bouncing, 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 bouncing. So I think it was just a little too rapid fire. I would have been happy if the movie was two and a half hours. I wouldn't have minded. So I, I would have liked more character development, especially between um, Strange and uh, America because they really bond during that sidewalk sequence. Uh, I would have liked to see more of them together before, without much going on. More character development as well. I do think this movie had a, a great third act, though, yeah, however. Yeah, great third act. Terrific yeah. third act because Wanda destroys the Book of Vishanti before they can reach it. <laughs> Although this moment's like, just grab it, Dr. Strange. Just, just grab the thing. It's just like, he's like, it's finally, we've reached it. The Book of Vishanti. Let me just slow motion move my head. Oh, no, Wanda's here. <laughs> Obviously, she's just knocking on the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like they forgot she was right there. It's like, dude, grab the thing. So she destroys it. She gets America Chavez takes her back to uh, Mount Wondagore, and then Christine and Doctor Strange they go to Sinister Strange's house. Sinister Strange's Sanctum Satoria yeah. and the dimension where there was an incursion, right? Mm-hmm. Or it was yeah. happening. Yeah, it already so it's happened. It's a weird reality, and he basically just lives by himself in the Sanctum Sanctorium. And they have their battle. He defeats that Stephen Strange, and, and he gets killed and impaled on the on the fence outside. Super cool, and I love the character of. of uh, I like the Strange. musical note fight too. Yeah, yeah, the music fight was, was really cool. It was fun. It's new. That's why I liked about it. It was something different. Yeah, never seen. It wasn't I mean, just lasers shooting at because each other. they've done. Every, they, I mean, how many fights has he had with just the magic? But to do yeah. something unique like that, I thought that was really fun yeah. and it really showcased Danny Elfman in the film yeah, as well. It was, it was one of my favorite sequences. And then, then Doctor Strange gets the great idea to use Zombie Strange on Earth. Yes, six one six to go to Mount Wondagore, dreamwalking with the zombie body to stop Scarlet Witch from stealing America Chavez's powers and just end up possibly destroying the entire multiverse. I love Zombie Strange. It was so fun. I loved it. It was a great time because when he's like. Who said it had to be a living body? I was like, yeah, it's zombies. I was like, zombie strange. Yeah. This is where it happens. Yeah. It was so fun, so cool. Like Anthony said, the 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 physical acting that Cumberbatch was doing was really fantastic. Was, that, that was, I think, the most fun of the movie. Yeah, I was smiling when he showed up and he was just like, as zombie strange, I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. I, I, I shot my hands in the air in the yeah. theater. I didn't say, I didn't like exclaim because I didn't want to be rude because it was like, everyone's just like there. Into it. Into it. Yeah. But I was like, Dr. Strange, yeah. zombie strange. It was pretty badass. It was like, I, and I then Sam Raimi and popping up out of the ground. There's yeah. so many great things of like, of evil dead camp, um, Easter eggs, references, references yeah. of hands popping out of the ground and walls and stuff like oh, that. Oh, 100%. It was great. Really excellent. And it has a great conclusion. I think that the third act is very strong, but I will say that the first act at CGI, it seemed like, from my guess, because remember there was all those reports of extensive reshoots for mm-hmm. this movie, my guess is the first act was most of that because a lot of that CGI looked a little unfinished. And when you compare yeah. it to the third act, which was heavy CGI, which all looked immaculate, I think the first act was the reshoots because that seemed, and we watched it in IMAX in a big screen, and it was kind of noticeable, the CGI, which was atypical for a Marvel movie. I wouldn't say necessarily the CGI was noticeable. I would say the green screen the green behind screen, them. Yeah. The green screen sets in the opening 15 minutes was very noticeable. And I think for me... but all, And also the monster fight in New York City. I thought that looked yeah. pretty good. That, there were shots in there that I noticed, I noticed like color balance was off and the blending of the CGI wasn't quite right. 
I think those were the reshoots. That, uh, that would be, be my guess because the second half of the movie, the CGI is absolutely perfect and some of the best we've seen so far. Yeah, but it was so fun to watch Doctor Strange use the Darkhold copy that he gets from Sinister Strange, Dreamwalk, Zombie Strange, going to get, going to fight against Scarlet Witch, and then he uses this Dark Spirits as a power and to be even more powerful. He's like a, a bat flying yeah, through the air coming like after Wanda. He's able to help... Uh, America Chavez escaped from Wanda Maximoff's spell of stealing her powers. And even though Zombie Strange gets basically almost killed. Well, there's a very sweet moment right, where sorry. America is like, you need to take my powers. It's okay. I understand. Like, I understand. Because like, he, he, tra- yeah. uh, he and Wong trap Scarlet Witch yeah. temporarily. But then Strange is like, no, he, he gives her the confidence to embrace her power and try to control it and telling her that she can do it and she's capable of it but also because yeah. he and christine saw the page in the dark hold before it was i mean in the book of vishanti before it was completely engulfed in flames that had the star on it i don't mm. know if you noticed they they oh, saw that. that so they saw the page real quick because before it caught on fire it was open so on that page there's a star and that obviously means that stephen strange realized that america chavez is the key to stopping yeah Scarlet Witch. But even if he didn't see that, he wouldn't have sucked her powers away. Exactly. He would have done. He would have done anything to save her life, and which America, I love. And America yeah. Chavez was the key because with the, as America Chavez understands her powers and can now control them, she sends Scarlet Witch in her to. Uh, 838 Earth and Wanda and those children, the boys that she thinks that she she needs in her life. To fill the void and the trauma of her past. And I love the line, like, what happens to their real mother? And I love that line from so Wong. So then she shows them what their life would look like with her as a mother and what she's become in her path of not revenge, but of 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 just desire of what she thinks will make her happy and how she has turned into a monster. And that's, that's what the key was, America Chavez being able to control her powers to show Scarlet Witch what she has turned into. Yeah, to, that reveal of seeing how she's frightened her kids to scared them to death that was the most that was the big catalyst for the the conclusion of her sacrificing herself great moment great powerful moment and then scarlet witch you could say wanda's kind of taking over or getting a say in the personality now she destroys every copy in the multiverse of the dark hold and then takes down mount wondagore with her we assume she dies in the destruction however it's the it's at the mcu i'm sure elizabeth Olsen will be back as a version i think of wanda. Eight, i think 883 wanda will be back i'm sure yeah maybe we'll probably get a version of wanda maybe we'll get another scarlet which somehow without the dark hold who knows but we can assume she'll be back but it's a great character moment for Scarlet Witch to after she's been turned into this villain, this monster, and this this unstoppable Scarlet Witch, how she realizes what she's become, and the only way to stop and somehow undo what she's done to an extent is to destroy herself and destroy the Darkhold. Yeah, my guess for Scarlet Witch is that that eight eight three version because she was she interacted in the events of this story. I think that she's the one we're going to see in the future. Probably. And then it obviously ends with Chavez. She's now at Karmataj, and she's training to become a sorcerer. Uh, Wong is still Sorcerer Supreme, and Strange bows to him. Obviously, it was a very funny moment, a full circle joke right there. And then we see that Strange in the in the post-credit scene has developed that third eye and is going to help stop an incursion that he caused. And then Clea shows up, played by Charlize Theron. Now, Clea is a powerful sorceress from the Dark Dimension and the niece of Dormammu, its ruler. So the villain of the first film, Dormammu, this is his uh, 
rebellious niece who wants to uh, take him out, I believe. And so he follows her into the dark dimension because he's facing his fear now because Christine says don't like to face your fears after he says that he was always afraid even though that he loves her in every universe. Mm-hmm. Very, very tra- touching moment. Yeah, great ending. Um, then also the second post credit scene is Bruce Campbell, the fighting, punching himself in the face finally stops. Yeah. And then it's really funny because it's over! And then the movie ends. That's the final <laughs> one. But now, real quick question. What does the destruction of the books mean? So... The Darkhold obviously has been destroyed in every multiverse, every universe, which means that it can't be used. The dark magic's gone forever. So will that mean, like we said earlier, can Scarlet Witch ever be created with uh, from Wanda without the Darkhold? I'm sure we'll find out. Maybe Agatha Harkness will have something to play with that future oh, with another creation of, oh, of Scarlet Witch. I like Because I think it'd be cool to get Scarlet Witch back, but Wanda is also an excellent character. And now the Book of Ashanti, that was destroyed in that realm what does that mean? That means it's gone forever because there's only one book of Vishanti and that's gone forever as well. So the Dark Holden book of Vishanti won't ever come into play probably in the MCU ever again, probably because the books were destroyed and also Mount Wondegore was destroyed by Scarlet Witch. Very, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. We'll see. We'll see. I yeah. think Wanda will be back eventually. But I like your theory with Agatha Harkness. Maybe she'll be back. She seems like it's, she could be a big player in the future of the yeah, MCU. She'll be back. I mean, she's getting her movies. own. She's, she's getting, getting her own movie. Origins. Or, is it a movie or a TV show? Origins TV show. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's pretty interesting. So this is, I guess, the, the fun movie. Yeah. The first step of phase yeah. one of the early steps of phase four going phase forward. Phase forty six. Phase forty six. <laughs> it's just getting bigger, and and now obviously we'll get the X Men coming in to play. I'm sure with Professor and X, the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, yeah. and what does the future- and the Marvels. Yeah, so what are they setting up? I'm guessing, I think the, the biggest guess is MCU setting up the Secret Wars. The Secret Wars is a was a multiple-issue comic. Most recently, there was one from 2015. And so it, it, what happens is the premise revolves around the collision of Marvel's Universe 616 and Ultimate Marvel 1610 Universe, which destroys both, but pieces of the two universes are mysteriously saved and combined with other post-collision universes, creating the battle world. And Doctor Doom comes into play and becomes God Emperor Doom and one of the main villains in the Secret Wars. And apparently the Fantastic Four is the is central figure piece of the Secret Wars. I like the name Battle World. So Sounds cool. we don't know much about the comics. Hopefully I got some of that right. But it seems like Secret Wars confused. <laughs> is the path that's going forward for the MCU. So it's just going to get bigger and bigger in scope. Way more characters. So basically it's just going to be like the comics. And that's what mm-hmm. we've been saying, I think, ever since we started the show. Is that Marvel is just expanding and going to keep expanding. And yeah. that's just, it's just going to be the comic. Comics is now just going to be TV and movie format, which is pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like I like the idea. Um, All right, I think we... That's it. So where 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 are you everything. ranking this in Marvel? Um, in I, I gotta see it again. You know, would I top put, ten? For would you? I put it in top ten? Maybe. You know, I still like Doctor Strange, the first one. I think I had that top ten, but you know, I probably putting this above that one just because I think Scarlet Witch was such a great character. You know, she was maybe the best villain or antagonist we've gotten in the MCU so far. It's like between her and Thanos, but. I mean, I think she stole the show. Every scene she was in, Elizabeth Olsen was fantastic. And, man, she can cry on command, like, weeping constantly in this movie. And just also the 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 the, the, the spectrum of emotions of the rage, the vengefulness, the hate, everything. So she was so terrific in this. So I, I think I might put a top 10 Marvel for me. Yeah, I think I need to see it again. To, but, to yeah, I do want to see it 10. again. Uh, hopefully we'll have time to see it in theaters, but we're going on a trip soon to Italy. 
in Europe, so maybe not because we still got other movies we got to check out. We up. got to see Plus. I thought yeah. it was a really fun, yeah. good, fun time. Obviously, there's some pros and cons to it, but I think we did a pretty good job summing it all up. I think uh, you really carried this one. Thanks, man. Great job. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the show. This is our episode of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast. Take care. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast has been executive produced through Patreon thanks to Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John Agratz, and Lauren Smertz. Thank you to our producers. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.